You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. Everybody, it's Josie back here on the podcast, and you are in for a treat today because I have a special guest with me. Um, back to back months, I had my dad on last month, and today I have on Sierra Wood. Um, Sierra was diagnosed with Crohn's disease a couple years ago and has been battling that and has really um, shared her story very vulnerably on Instagram and just very real uh, with everything that she's gone through. And it's, I mean, I know it's inspired me just, just watching you, Sierra, and uh, just on Instagram and hearing your story. And I'm really excited for you guys, you to share it with our listeners here today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for thinking of me and giving me the opportunity to to share with others. Um, it's obviously something that I like to do via social media. So it's a treat to be here. Thank of you. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Happy to have you. Um, so yeah, I guess to start off, do you want to just share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are and, yeah. you know, kind of your journey with, you know, Crohn's and what that even is, you know, if anybody's not familiar with Crohn's disease. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I can do like a little recap. Yeah. Um, so Crohn's is an autoimmune disease. It mm -hmm. um, typically, it's very similar to something called ulcerative colitis. Mm -hmm. uh, so like I said, it's autoimmune disease that typically affects anywhere from the mouth um, all the way through your digest digestive tract. Mm -hmm. um, I Symptoms came on very quickly for me. It uh, can be a very aggressive disease. And as of now, there's no like known cure. Mm -hmm. There's so many things out there, so many medications and treatments out there that do help to put people in remission. Mm -hmm. um, but it can be quite a, um, a trial and error um, is typically what it is for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like you said, I was, I was diagnosed in 2018 in January after experiencing some really uh, difficult symptoms for someone who had been so healthy all her life. Sure. Didn't yeah. have many issues at all. I played mm -hmm. sports growing up. I ate pretty well and I lived an, an active life, um, in college as well. But I started experiencing these terrible symptoms, things like mouth sores, like all mm -hmm. over my mouth, um, terrible abdominal pain and some other really bad, um, symptoms that were 
alarming, mm-hmm. but being the person I am, I, I did put it off a little bit to yeah. see like, Oh, it'll go away. And, um, yeah, January of 18, I, I finally scheduled an appointment and they're like, maybe you shouldn't have waited so long. Wow. <laughs> so we, we stepped right into some, infu- we, I, my choice was infusion medication, mm-hmm. um, biologics. So it's, you go and you get hooked up to an IV and you mm-hmm. get, um, my first one was like a three hour pump of a low dose chemotherapy called Remicade. And it typically, it's supposed to basically create like a force field around the disease to Mm -hmm. let, you know, cause autoimmune, your body's attacking itself. Yeah. So it kind of put a little field, a force field around that area of disease to try to help it heal itself. Mm -hmm. Um, people can go on that medication for 15, 20 years and and do wonderfully. Um, Just wasn't the case for me. So yeah, after being diagnosed, I did go a couple years uh, just trying different medications. I, my doctors would say things like, uh, you don't really show any signs. You just jump the cliff. So Mm -hmm. one day I'd be doing really great. The next day I could be uh, showing all my symptoms, like symptoms would pop up again and it would be pretty aggressive. So a lot of steroids as well. We would, we would do those, the high dose of steroids to try to calm things down while the medication was learning Mm -hmm. how to, how to take place and wears on you mentally. It wears on you physically. It wears on you emotionally, spiritually. Mm -hmm. Um, as someone that grew up healthy, it was just very confusing. So yeah, I walked those next couple of years in kind of like a limbo, um, bouncing back between like, I can carry this cross. Like I'm so strong, you know, with my, who I'm surrounded by and, um, and, and in my faith life as well. And then I, you know, the tables would turn and things would get really difficult. And I, wouldn't feel that way at all. Yeah. And that, and that's something just like in encountering people like yourself that have been through such hard times, like in a medical, you know, um, issue like this. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's times that just seemed hopeless, right? Like that you're just like, there's no way out of this. Um, and just being, you know, a cradle Catholic, right? Mm -hmm. Like grew up in the faith. And, um, if you want to just share about that and how, how your faith, how this has challenged your faith or like did, yeah. How'd your relationship with God like change or strengthen or evolve during, Mm -hmm. during this time, um, and those challenges, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I grew up Catholic and I really dove very deep into my faith around like 21 Mm -hmm. um, is when things, it kind of, I feel like my faith, like kind of like kicked it up a notch Mm -hmm. and, um, and but little did I know, like at 23. And it's funny. Cause I would always say like to my friends, like I wasn't looking forward to 21. I wasn't looking forward to 23 was going to be my year. I would always say that. And I yeah. didn't, I was thinking like job, yeah. move, like mm-hmm. maybe a relationship. Like I always felt like 23 was just going to be special, like special year, <laughs> and, you know, tell the Lord your plans and he'll laugh at you. Um, I didn't know he'd flip my life upside down in another way. Yeah. And I, no, you can't prepare yourself for like a life altering obstacle like that. There's mm-hmm. no way to prepare yourself for losing a loved one, encountering a health battle, yeah. anything like that. But like the thing about life and faith together, at least for me and a lot of people I've talked to is like mm-hmm. struggle and suffering, mainly suffering is inevitable. Yep. And that's something I've grown very, very passionate about. And like in my good times of like fighting this, with Christ, like, Mm. like accepting and knowing that I'm not doing this alone. 
that's what I like clung to the most is like suffering is inevitable. It's how like we move forward with Mm. it. And I've always understood, like, I know I can't do this by myself, but with something like a chronic illness, especially knowing I'll never live my life without this now. Mm. Um, and that just got more real as time progressed. And now I live with, you know, what's a permanent disability. It, it still remains true. Like suffering is still a part of life. It's still inevitable. It's going to happen, but how do we like respond to it? Mm -hmm. And I still can't do it by myself, but that's, I feel like when I finally accepted that, um, my faith was able, like I gave it room to grow. Mm -hmm. So definitely in the years of like just receiving medication, I, it was a constant roller coaster with faith. I would basically have to drag myself to mass, like Mm -hmm. even to go, I was angry. I I had a lot of anger in my heart. I had a lot of, um, I'm very open about this to friends, to my, the students that I was, you know, as a youth minister, um, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, a lot of loneliness and feeling like, I know the Lord cares about everyone, but I really just don't know if he Mm. cares about me. And that was like a a constant lie in my head. Um, that I still struggle with from time to time. It's just very real. And I know a lot of other people struggle with that as well, but it was always there. Like, I, I know he cares. I know he loves, but I just don't know about me. So I, that was my biggest, I think, hurdle in faith, but I'd always like some way, find a way out of it. And I was oftentimes when I was surrounded by community Yeah. and what does he call us to more, you know what I mean? Like being surrounded by community and being surrounded by, especially like other faith-filled friends and family members and anybody really, or just spending time with him. It's amazing how he can take that and be like, look, you're not alone. Like, look, I can give you good things. Look, you can get through, through a struggle, whether that's grief or trauma or a health obstacle, you can get through it by like the people I place around you or the little gifts and blessings I give you. I get goosebumps still thinking about it, but it was always felt like it was perfect timing, Mm -hmm. especially like with the roommates that I ended up living with and was the biggest blessing I could have ever asked for it was a wonderful household full of women who were striving and that's when I ended up getting my most like I was my most sick when I lived with them and Mm -hmm. granted it was not even a year that I got to live with them before things got bad but they they changed the game for me and they were able to see like they were they were able to witness like a part of my life the Mm -hmm. most vulnerable part of my life And I was able to like lean on them. I was able to pray with them. Like you just don't always get that. And that it, he literally his timing couldn't be more perfect, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful. Just thank you for sharing all this. So, so openly, it's beautiful to see, just like you share it with a smile on your face (laughs) and like, um, yeah, just like you can feel that joy and the love of the Lord, um, because I'm I know you didn't always feel like this, right? No, but, but I think, you know, hearing you speak and stuff, I love what you said about, um, you know, you can't choose like, like suffering is inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. In this life, um, we're not completely fulfilled and heaven's the only place where mm-hmm. we're completely fulfilled and there's no suffering. Um, and I've heard it said before, like, 
think it's like the greatest suffering is you can't choose your own suffering, you know? Gosh, it's, that's not like the truth. That's like, it's so true. It's like God gives us these things. And, and, you know, a lot of people question, you know, like, why does God let these bad things happen? Just like you are like, God, do you even love me? Like you love everybody. I know you love, you mm-hmm. love us, but like, do you really love me? Right. Mm-hmm. And just to hear how you said, like through community, through that love of others, you felt the love of the father. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of struck me when you were speaking of how, um, it's like, maybe God like knocks us down to, to, uh, provide for us, you know, and to show us his love because Mm -hmm. in everything, something I've been reflecting on lately is how in everything, the father's just trying to reveal himself to us. Like he doesn't desire that we suffer, um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, but like, because, or that we go through bad things, but obviously we know because of our broken humanity, like we make choices and this is a result of sin and, you know, like it is what it is in Mm -hmm. this world. Right. Um, but he brings good through that and he wants to reveal himself through that. So it's like a lot of times he does knock him, us down, you know, or yeah. he gives us these things, but then he provides for us through that. He always gives us what we need. And I can attest to that in my own life. Like the times of suffering are the times where like, I honestly felt closest to the Lord because like oh my gosh, he was with yeah. me, like he was the only one with me. And yeah. then he would bring, he would provide me with the things to comfort me or bring me out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful to hear you kind of express that same sentiment through just like all the people that helped you through your challenges and through like yeah. your darkest times. Um, yeah. That's crazy. You say that. Cause there was a, like, you know, fast forward, like past the medication phase of things when, um, I'm actually nearing that one year of my first hospitalization, which was July 13th of 2020. I ended up in the hospital. Oh, it was. And let me tell you what, that was out of everything that had happened, like the pain, the, any of the suffering, like the changes, everything. The hardest part was the fact that I couldn't have anybody I knew. So like, this is probably the the biggest. Yeah. And so, so 2020 was, I had, I think three hospitalizations and then the fourth was the surgery Mm -hmm. and in the three, well, in the two of them, I couldn't have any family. Nobody Mm -hmm. could stay with me. And so like you just said, like he, he knocks us down, but like he provides and it's in our, in our like deepest suffering where he really shows Mm -hmm. us like his grace and his blessings in the hospital the first time being like my sickest I remember telling people over FaceTime like and writing things in my notes just to remember like things because things were so foggy but yeah. I remember writing down like I don't have family like with me you know? yeah I don't have like health I don't have mm-hmm. money with me I don't have I don't have anything I can't eat food like all these big things that like if you think about it we rely so heavily on yeah. in that moment when I had none of that I like, I mean, what else do I have? You know, like I literally only had faith. You only, and had, I only Christ. had Christ. I own like, yeah. and that still, I try to remember that even like when I struggle now, now that I'm creating like a new, like a, my new normal for me and yeah. like the way I have to live now with everything that's changed. But like, I try to remind myself of that time. Like I didn't have family. I didn't have like food. I didn't have all the things that we cling to as people mm-hmm. and that we need so desperately. But like, I had no choice and he was there. Like yeah. he literally 
carried me through the rest, like when I couldn't do any of it myself. So it's just funny that you say that because I'm like, that's such a big part of what I remember. Yeah. And it's funny how you say like all these things that we need, but we actually don't need them. Like, mm-hmm. because so True, it's, yeah. it, I had a very similar experience um, when I moved up to Indiana and was working away up there for a year. Um, I, God stripped me in that time of everything. I mean, in a different way, obviously yeah, I wasn't yeah. going through a life-threatening illness, but like but still. It, that was a time of suffering for me and he stripped me of everything to where I describe it of like he drew me into the desert with him Mm. and all I had was him and him alone and like I always talk about it as like the hardest year of my life but the most grace-filled and like because that's where I got the confidence like after that I'm sure you can attest to this like at your lowest point like when you realize like you had Christ alone and like you're okay. Like that he's enough. He's Mm going to provide. Um, because you got through that, you know, now that even though you have comforts back, you have people around you or this Mm -hmm. or that, um, a lot of beautiful gifts, like, you know, no matter what, like if God takes away all those things again, tomorrow, you're going to be okay. You know, I feel like that's a confidence that only time, like times of going into the desert and relying on him alone can Mm -hmm. truly like bring you to that point um and so that's why I always say like not that you want people to go through like suffering but I almost like I hope that everybody can get to a point in their life where they experience like only having Christ to fill them up mm-hmm. it's yeah it's, it's it sucks but like it does and, and you of course you don't wish that upon and you mentioned no. this earlier like God literally doesn't want us to suffer but he allows us mm-hmm. to suffer so like mm-hmm. when people have asked like if like, how do you have faith whenever he's like, you have, you've dealt with what you've had to deal with. Yeah. He didn't give this to me. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like, she did this wrong in the past. Like, this is what she gets. And that's, no. unfortunately, that's a mindset of a lot of people. A lot of people think that. And yeah. a lot of people, it's easy to turn away from any type mm-hmm. of faith whenever you're, but like, what are you losing? Like, what, what do you have to lose? What are you going to rely on when things get really bad? You mm-hmm. know, your faith is like, yes, your faith is beautiful when things are going really well, but like, what is your faith when things are really, really bad? Mm -hmm. Like that's when it's the most, like, that's when the most change happens. That's when the most, most growth happens. It's, it's easy to love. It's easy to love the gifts that God's giving us. Right. But like, we're called to love the giver more than the gifts. Right. Mm -hmm. And if, when he takes away those gifts, do we still love the one giving them, you know, and that, I think that's a testament of our love too, honestly, like if we're only faithful when it's easy, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, you what know, yeah, it's shallow. Um, but yeah, it's something I think I wanted and you kind of touched on this, but I'm curious about like your answer as far as just like, you know, God's providence and his plan for our lives. Like, um, do you believe that like God wanted you to go through this? Like, it, it, like I know it's a hard question to answer, but I would just love to hear your response. Cause yeah, I mean, you were basically like, I mean, you said before you almost died, right? Like, yeah, I was very close twice to, well, three times, actually I had an issue post-surgery as well, but so three times, but that first time that I was talking about like before, when I realized how much I didn't have, but I had him, yeah. I remember like saying out loud and saying things out loud. Like, I think you probably know this, like saying things out loud really brings it to like, yes. that's why like confessions are beautiful things oh, like that. Yeah. Like, you have to bring things to light, yeah. um, like out of the darkness, everything. I remember saying in the hospital, I was completely alone, of course, but, um, 
I said, Lord, if this is the time that you want me, like I'm ready. Mm. And I was, I was ready because I trusted that like he did. Yes. He didn't want this for me. Like he didn't want me to go through the suffering, but he knew the beauty that could come from it. Mm -hmm. And if that meant like, maybe everything I went through changed something in my siblings' lives. Like Mm -hmm. that had to be so hard to watch my parents. I can't imagine how hard it was for my parents. And that's what's really been hard for me. And like to talk about in the past is my mom was my, like, she was my hands and feet. Like my dad had all the roles in the house were shifted because at 25 years old, I needed 24 seven care. Um, I couldn't do anything by myself. So I do strongly believe that he wanted me to go through that for reasons I might realize now or reasons I probably still haven't realized. Yeah. But I can tell honestly that like, I have never been more like confident within myself, Mm. confident within my faith confident within like his promises, even when things get hard, there's times where I still am like, Oh yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we talked about this, Yeah, but I know that he wanted me to experience this because he knows in like, in, in the goodness that can come from it. Mm-hmm. And I now have the faith to trust that like goodness can come from it. Yeah. So it takes those hard things. It takes, it takes the suffering it takes and it's how we respond to it. And no, we don't always have to respond in like grace and beauty and yeah. all the pretty things because it's suffering is ugly, Yeah, but there are good things that can come from it. There is beauty that comes from it because he makes it that way. Oh, you know, gosh, like praise God for just like you sharing that. Cause I think so many people can relate to that. And like mm-hmm. so many people suffering um, and wondering why and struggling with their faith. And yeah. I think just hearing, um, yeah, your testament to trust in that, um, the Lord is good regardless, mm-hmm. like trusting that is so beautiful. Um, so thank you. Yeah. Um, but wanted to kind of pivot or back up a little bit to, to share. Um, so, you know, you're diagnosed in 2018 with Crohn's, mm-hmm. then you had a surgery a couple months ago, I guess in December, right. Yeah. This past year. Um, and now you have, well, I'll let you explain it. I, I can't explain of course, it. Well. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. Why don't you explain about the surgery and then how it's affected your life? Uh, cause I would like for you to share a little bit about that and how, what your new normal is like because yeah. of, um, what you've been through. Yeah. That term new normal. I know I said it earlier. I'm like, wait, it's we're so heavily related to like COVID and stuff. Oh, oh. <laughs> I know, but yeah. it's like, no, we all have a new normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did, I, after that diagnosis, the medication, the years of just that trial and error. I, and, and then after hospitalization, after hospitalization, malnutrition, sepsis, like all these things that took place. I had a, a, what is it called? Like a tele appointment with like over the computer. I'm sitting at my kitchen table and I typically, it doesn't go this way, but like, I looked at my doctor and I like kind of interrupted and I'm like, what about surgery? Like, this can't be the end all be all like in and out of the hospital, like that being my second home, Mm -hmm. like this, just something didn't sit right with me. And I was overwhelmed with this, like, just ask her like what, and she came out with like a, yeah, you'd probably be a really, let's set up a consult. And I'm like, why did we not talk about this before? So I had some consultations. I ended up actually choosing a different um, hospital Mm -hmm. um, with us, like some, like a, a, a surgeon who specialized in this procedure. And I, um, I end up receiving what's called an end ileostomy mm-hmm. and what that is. Um, 
uh, a lot of people are familiar with what an ostomy is, but there's obviously a lot of different kinds and people get them for different reasons. Yeah. There's cancer, there's diseases, mm-hmm. there's people get in accidents, car accidents. Wow. And, and I've talked to a woman that was in a helicopter accident and she had to have one for years. They can be temporary, but what they do is they either remove the entire or a portion of your large intestines. Um, in my case, they removed the whole entire thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like your whole large intestines, which is connected to your stomach. And what they did with my small intestines is brought it to the surface of my stomach. Um, so I now, part of my, a very small part of my small intestines is exposed out mm-hmm. of my stomach, but I wear what's called an ostomy bag. Um, and I remember looking like following a girl on social media who had something, she had Crohn's disease and she had a bag. And I remember just following her for like helpful Crohn's related information. Yeah. Never in a million years. Did I ever think that I would have this Yeah, more than a million years? Like, I just never thought this could be a reality Mm -hmm. for me because it just didn't, that wasn't my situation. Right. Uh, so moving forward, I, I ended up doing more research prior to surgery and I really, the closest they could get me in was like mid January, mm-hmm. but I really, because of some other issues and especially because of the severity of my health at the time, I really needed a December appointment, like mm-hmm. surgery, like I needed it. So I reached out to whoever I could. I had my, you know, father David, like every, yeah. all my friends, people, family praying. I had masses said for like a sooner appointment and after, you know, like a lot of doctor's offices close at like five o'clock, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was a random like Tuesday afternoon. I have a picture from that day and I got a call at 6.30 in the evening. And this lady's like, hey there, like I need to speak with Sierra. Um, I have your appointment for your surgery scheduled. And I'm like already almost in tears because A, I'm getting a surgery date. B, yeah. because I know that it's probably going to be very late. And she was like, it's going to be December 3rd. And I'm like, I literally just burst into tears and she's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, these are happy tears. And she was so overwhelmed. She was crying. I was crying. Yeah. My like mom was crying. We're like, what's happening? Um, so I got that early surgery date was like 13 days before surgery. So like reality really sunk in. Yeah. You know, I went through all the prep for it, the liquid diet, then the no eating and stuff. And I went in that day and I just like, I came out a different person. It was a five and a half hour surgery went really smooth. Uh, and my, like, you know, they send off what they remove mm-hmm. to, uh, to do like research yeah. and whatnot. And they came back and they're like, it was, it was such a severe, it wasn't, there was no cancer, which was wonderful, yeah. but there was, it was all diseased. Mm. There was like, no, I hate to say it, like sound like negative, but there was no coming back from that. Like yeah. medication wasn't going to do the trick. Yeah. So I, I'm, you made the right choice. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I leaned into my, obviously I should, I feel like I shouldn't trust my gut try to kill me, but <laughs> I trusted my gut and knowing like I needed to get that out of there. Yeah. And when I tell you, obviously surgical pain is a lot different than like, like chronic illness. Yeah. I can tell you that much a week later, I'm in so much pain from obviously all these incisions yeah. and all the changes. I can tell you for a fact, like I could tell the disease was out the active mm. disease. So like a big misconception is that like, it's a cure. It's definitely not. I can still develop symptoms. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to like, I'm going to deal with that when the time comes, you know? Um, So right now I live with a permanent ostomy. I am completely medication free. Mm -hmm. I 
after like a month and a half, that was like the hard, hard recovery. I started inching more into like being more active, got cleared yeah. by my doctors. I'm now weightlifting. I'm now going rollerblading with my dog. Like That's amazing. I'm traveling. I'm eating anything that I want. Yeah, which girl. Is, which is so <laughs> exciting. I'm a total foodie. So like, oh my gosh, all the food. Um, and I'm mindful. I'm definitely still mindful. I don't want to sound like yeah. I because you know, like, yeah, <laughs> I know things can still happen in the future, but I'm also not gonna dwell. I'm like, what can happen? Yeah. I know I made the right decision. Um, I know that I'm going to live with this for the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. that, if I think about it for too long is a hard, Yeah. sometimes I will fall into like, I'm 26 now and I have a permanent disability. That's very odd. Like it can be obvious at times. Yeah. Cause I was going to say for sure. those people that like, if you want to describe an ostomy bag, basically like you're, you go to the bathroom out in a, yeah. So with, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. With that little piece of intestines that is brought to the surface that basically releases any outlet okay. into that bag. Yeah. The bags are made super well. They're, they're waterproof. I can yeah. go swimming, anything, it's amazing. but they're made to be like sleek and like pretty like disguisable and stuff. So you can but, just put it in your pants. But they're, put it in your yeah, pants. but the reality, like I can wear, I'm wearing jeans right now. Like yeah. I can wear dresses and there's things that that's something I'm big on, on social media now, mm-hmm. but I share my story is like showing, especially women, you know, men, yeah. I've talked to plenty of men too, who struggle in this with this as well. But with women, it's like, how can I dress like as a woman, be confident in what I'm wearing and have an awesome yeah. It's possible. Like, yeah. what, like, I just have to say, like, it is so possible. Sure. There's things you might not be comfortable in, but you can find other things you're comfortable. Yeah. With. So if, you know, if it is to like, like if I'm out to eat, it might be a little bit more obvious, but the thing is like, you just go and empty it. You can yeah. empty it in any restroom, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not as like, it's not as I know I don't like to use the word terrible, but it's not as terrible as like it can seem or it can sound. Everything's a mindset. Exactly. You know, attitude towards it. Yeah. That's what I think is so beautiful. And through on your Instagram that you show a lot, it's just like you're just living life normally. Like you don't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be weird. Like I I always have a saying, I'm like, it's only awkward if you make it awkward. You exactly. Know? <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's yeah. just there. It's yeah. not, it's when I tell you like it's not gross. It's not, mm-hmm. well, there's another saying, it's like everyone, everyone poops. Everyone just, poops. I just, we said it. We said it on the podcast. I think there's a book that says everyone that. poops. <laughs> but I just go differently. But like the fact that I can go and like, not, I'm not living my life in pain. I'm yeah. not waking up mm-hmm. and wishing I could just fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. I'm not waking up and having to get ready for work yeah. and like crying my way there and knowing mm-hmm. that I'm going to have to be near a restroom. I don't have to worry about eating out in public because I'm going to need, there's so many things that I can do now mm-hmm. with this. So I might look more sick, but that's the problem with invisible illness. And there's plenty of invisible illnesses, Yeah. but with Crohn's, you're not going to think that I'm sick because I can throw on a cute outfit and some makeup. Yeah. And even my doctors would be like, you look great. And it's like, but I'm, I'm not great. Yeah. I'm, I'm dying. Yeah. You know, like that was the reality. Mm-hmm. So now with this, if it's ever visible, like in a swimsuit or something. Yeah. And I might look more sick or it might be more obvious, but I'm living such a better life than I was before. Yeah. And that like, that's what I try to show people is like, you can live a full life. You can live a fulfilling life. Like you can live an active life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it doesn't mean you it won't be without struggles or like For hard sure. days or like sick days or anything like that. It's definitely a different life, mm-hmm. but it's possible. Yeah. And it's not the end of the world. And it's not a death sentence. Like I was told in the beginning, you yeah. know, like some from people that didn't know or understand it, they mm-hmm. were just like begging me not to have the surgery. And it's like, I really kind of just plugged my ears and <laughs> went along to my appointments. And I'm so glad that I did. Like, good for you though. Like, yeah, it's so inspiring to see you just living, living it out and living your normal life and mm-hmm. going with the flow, right? Yeah. Whatever God sends, we accept and run with it. Exactly. And make the most of it, um, which I think is cool. So um, like just how much you, your story, I'm sure has inspired a lot of other people. I don't know. Um, I mean, so we got to know each other a little bit through Catholic community here in yeah. Jacksonville. Um, but like, I didn't realize that you had such a big Instagram following. And then I saw it and you have like, almost like 20,000 followers <laughs> or something. I was like, what the heck? And, and, and then I realized it's like, oh, it's probably like people are just so inspired by you sharing about that on social media. Like, how did that happen? What has been the like feedback from like, online community um I don't know yeah like people's yeah. response to you sharing your story and I'm still trying to understand it yeah. it happened very randomly it's not like I mean like friends will crack your through like you're an influencer and I'm I'm not <laughs> but I do enjoy the social media side of things I sure. always have I yeah. enjoy pictures and I enjoy writing yeah and that's something that Instagram offers yeah. which is my main platform so I did post I started sharing I did wait till I recovered quite a bit before sharing what my surgery was mm-hmm. because people knew I was in the hospital. They knew yeah. I was sick and they knew eventually that I had surgery, but I wanted to mentally get to a healthy place before sure. sharing what it was because it did take time to adjust. Mm-hmm. So once I started making like reels on Instagram, yeah. I did make one that basically like showed me hiding my bag really well. Mm-hmm. And it had like a voiceover about like, no one's ever going to know type of yeah. thing. And that was the first video that went viral. Okay. Majority of the, there's like over a thousand comments and majority of them are saying like, what is that? And I would take time and obviously never could respond to everything. Yeah. But I was able to like inform people. And so many people are like, oh, thanks for sharing. Or, oh, that's interesting. There was plenty of like really rude comments Mm. and you just brush them off because they don't understand. Exactly. You know what I mean? They don't know me. That's the only like downfall of social media is like, people get really they get like courage behind a keyboard and Mm -hmm. it's like can be kind of sad but I am at a place where I know I receive messages daily about Mm -hmm. either people with an ostomy people caring for somebody with an ostomy yeah people with other kinds of chronic illnesses because Mm -hmm. that's the thing like there's so much more to having an ostomy or having Crohn's autoimmune diseases are all over the place unfortunately there's so many kinds And my big thing is like, I want people to see that, like, you don't have to have exactly what I have, but you can have a struggle of any kind Yeah, and you can respond to it. You can own it. And like, at the end of the day, it's your life and you have to choose whether you want to take it by the, you know, take it by the reins and like, and go with it. And that obviously I didn't always do that, but now that I am in a healthier place and I am more confident and I've accepted that this is a part of my life and I'm so thankful for it. Mm-hmm. I'm able to share that and people have been inspired, but I can honestly tell you it's inspiring for me and humbling of me to be able to read the stories that I read. Oh, I, I mean, I'll like have yeah. to take a chunk of time and like respond because I want to obviously give it my full attention, but I hear stories daily from people 
who are either struggling so bad and like I relate in that sense um people who haven't left the house in five years people who are caring full-time for a parent with an ostomy um parents who have babies and young children with ostomies like you name it I've heard it like terrible accidents and it's it's an honor for me to be the one to be like I hear you like I see I see your struggle I hear your story and like for them to be thanking me and I'm like no thank you for Mm -hmm. for sharing with me I'm sharing with the world and I don't you know I hope that it inspires somebody but like these people just want somebody to relate to them. Yeah. And like for and me to be able to be the one to get to hear that is like feels undeserving, it's but it's, it yeah. is a gift. Exactly. So I'm very thankful. But yeah, a video went viral and I just continued <laughs> to make videos and just show like either confidence, like to have confidence in things um, in your life or to, you know, run with a chronic illness and like mm-hmm. live that life or dating with an ostomy like I try to just like my my things are my topics are kind of all over the place but I I receive good feedback from each of the ones that I touch on so I just if it like can help anybody then it's like okay cool like I need that info too Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so it's cool to be able to really just build a community yeah and and there's a huge community of women with like young women with ostomies Mm -hmm. which is very helpful because a lot of times you only hear of older older men and women with it. Yep. And the reality is that that's just not, not true. only true. Yeah. yeah. So the, oh. there is such a good thing that can come from social media for sure. Um, and if there's already bad things on there, let's just counteract it with like goodness. Amen. You know? Amen to <laughs> that's that. to our part. I love it. Um, no, before we wrap up here, I, one last question I had for you is yeah. just like, what advice would you give to others um going through similar things or similar struggles as yourself or you know just times of deep suffering um I don't know what would what would you what would you say to them yeah um I have a couple big things that like I touch on um and are that I share with a lot of people is and I we did talk about this prior but Mm -hmm. my biggest one is learning to say no Mm. um we live in such a fast-paced environment a fast-paced society that's really not healthy for anybody, but we do learn to like adapt to it. Right. Mm -hmm. So learning to say no and learning to take time to either sit with yourself to rest. Like we need to normalize resting our Mm -hmm. bodies and need it. Right. It's a health thing. It's not just like, it's not a laziness thing. It's not like a selfish thing. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing. So learning to say no, another thing would be like, uh, advice for some, um, another big thing I think is learning to accept how we feel. I was just trying to think of like how to word it, but it's learning how to accept that like our feelings are valid. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I talked about before is like, I had these moments of like doubt, fear, loneliness, anger, resentment. Those are all feelings. And they were, they were in a sense valid, right. Mm -hmm. Because that's how I was feeling. And I allowed myself to sit in those for a minute And then I got myself out of it. Yeah. So like we we're allowed to like sit in those feelings, acknowledge them, but we shouldn't be allowed to stay in Mm -hmm. them. You know, we do have to kind of push ourselves. And that's the hard part about life in general. Like you can choose to sit in that, but I can almost promise you it's going to be harder. Yeah. (laughs) So like we have to learn like what can help us move out of it. For me, it's my faith. Mm -hmm. It's my family. It's my friends. Like I have to pull myself out of those feelings, remind myself that this is not, you know, 
life is not about me. Yes. <laughs> and that's and what, that. <laughs> life is not about like, we have to think outside of ourselves. So those are yeah. probably the two big things, learning to say no, which can, you know, be for us, be mm-hmm. healthy for us. And then also like learning to pull ourselves out of these negative feelings or those negative thoughts, which is for other people. Oh. And it really just, yeah. And then sharing your story. Yeah. I, I constantly am reminding women and men online who are like, I wish I could share. And I'm like, do share. it. <laughs> share. If you get a nasty comment, share anyway. If you yeah. get a nasty comment, be like, thanks for being here, yeah. you know, and brush them off because people that, that keyboard, you know, courage, um, isn't real. Yeah. You know, what's real is that we're living lives and life is hard mm-hmm. and we can either, like I said, grab it by the, by the horns and, and run with it, or we can sit in it, but just, we always have to find our way out. So gosh, <laughs> so much good stuff that you just said. And I'm, yeah, you're such a blessing. Um, to, I mean, to me just in this last hour or whatever, but I noticed so many listeners that are going to listen to this and be inspired and um, yeah, where can they find you on Instagram? Oh, where to follow, so to, to say. To follow along. Yeah, like yeah. be inspired daily by you. So my my Instagram, which is really all I that's the only one I really post on, is Sierra underscore Marie. So it's C I E R A underscore Marie. Awesome. Um, and that's yeah, I hope that it inspires people. I hope that it inspires them to like for their own life though, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um just to to show them that they can they can no matter what you're going through, like that, like we said, like suffering's inevitable. Yep. Grab it by the horns, run with it. It's, you know, life is short. So Amen to yeah, that. this is such a blessing to be here. Yeah, I'm so thankful. Of course. So excited. Of course. Um, well, to wrap up, I always like to close in prayer. Would you mind uh, leaving us in a sure. closing prayer here? Definitely. Okay. <laughs> in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this gift of community. We thank you for the gift to be able to share, the gift to be able to listen, the freedom to share, the freedom to be here with one another. Lord, I just ask that you enlighten our hearts, the listeners here today. I just ask that you you take the words that I've been able to spoke through, through the life that you've helped me lead Help it to inspire other people to live their full life, to live their life in faith. Lord, and just remind them that they are each known, no matter what their struggle or obstacle is. They're known, they're seen, they're loved, they're cared for. And Mother Mary, we just ask that you wrap us in your mantle, that you love us like you love your son. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Sierra. Um, And thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Thanks for being here. Yeah, we'll see you soon.